the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Jack Barsky, now an American, was born in East Germany right after World War II, and he was recruited by the KGB when he was a college student to become a spy. He spent 10 years as an undercover agent in the United States starting in 1978. He was a Soviet spy based in New York City where he was watching the final days of the Cold War um, unfold here in the United States. Even as a KGB spy, uh, his life has taken a few unexpected turns. He severed his relationship with the KGB in 1988 and pursued a corporate career in information technology. He was finally captured by the FBI in 1997. He's been on 60 Minutes. He has a new book called Deep Undercover, My Secret Life and Tangled Allegiances as a KGB spy in America. Jack, welcome back to the program. How are you? Well, thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm good. Before we start this... Allow me to to volunteer something. I've been uh, in Germany and Poland for the last three weeks, and I found a species that is increasingly rare in the United States: journalists. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hearing? You're in Poland now, are you not? I am in Warsaw. Yes. Yeah. What are you What are you seeing? The difference in news reporting. Well, they ask intelligent questions. They are informed. You know, I don't get blank stares when I mention some names of the past. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think there's, there's more real interest in what's going on in the world. And this, of course, in Europe, yeah. uh, they, uh, they have a different geography and so forth. So there's an explanation why Americans are... Uh, navel gazers to some extent but but the level of ignorance that i've encountered uh, in the united states with regard to what's going on right now in, in this world is is astounding and it's scary so jack let me ask you a couple of questions because i think you would have you know some really good insight on the mind of putin and russia and what they're really doing with the attack on um the uh, the uk bringing that particular weapon in so it's it's known that it had to be uh putin what should the response be and the response has been to kick out you know ambassadors and spies is is that good enough what should we be doing and how is putin going to respond well um, i beg to differ with your premise that it's known that it had to be putin it's a it's a reasonable conclusion that it somehow leads in the direction of Russia. Whether that's Putin himself, I doubt very much. Uh, that that just doesn't make any sense. Why? Uh, and there, why? Yeah. <clears throat> um, think about why why would this guy be killed at this point, and why would Putin concentrate on him personally? Uh, we don't know any of that. This is all speculation. Uh, you know, this is uh, there's a possibility that somebody is, uh, was trying to give him a present or something like that. Uh, but it, Putin wants to be seen as a statesman, as a you know, as a player on the international scene. Uh, there's no good reason for him to go after this guy. That known reason, I, I'm saying. So, so um, this what, what bothers me about this whole situation that uh, is that the politicians all over the world. Uh, 
uh, are, are competing with each other uh, to be more anti-Russian. Uh, and that's based on, very often, based on internal politics. You know, I'm, I'm more Russian, anti-Russian than you. Uh, that's a dangerous path to travel down when you, when you subject foreign policy to politics that is emotionally charged to begin with. That's my real problem here. Whether it was Putin or not, I'm sorry. Uh, that's the, the real big deal is how the West is acting and reacting. And now I'm coming to your question. Uh, I, I believe that this is standard operating procedure in a situation like that. When you think somebody did something wrong, you know, you, expo- you, you uh, let a few of the known spies, the diplomats that are, uh, that are undercover, uh, but actually spies, you let them go. And, and, and then the other side retaliates. And when does it stop? Uh, I don't, I, that's a question for you. I'm not sure. War? <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. The point being, though, uh, you know, when when I when I look back, and people can have uh, different opinions about Ronald Reagan, but Ronald Reagan dealt with the mighty Soviet Union in a different manner than than we do right now, uh, de- dealing with a Russian. He he projected a quiet, focused strength. We don't get this out of the White House. We don't get this out of Congress. And in Europe, they're also, you know, uh, they are red with rage. But you know, we need to we need to band together as the West and and show exactly what Reagan did in those in in, in the 80s. So, Jack, l- let me ask you: If Putin is playing the same game that Reagan played on us with this with this hypersonic weapon, there's no evidence that that exists. There's calls now for a new arms race. They say China is now on this hypersonic weapon. Uh, Is is this uh, the Ronald Reagan Star Wars play or do you think they have this? I don't know. Uh, uh, You know, technology uh, makes incredible leaps. uh, And I, I think I think it's a bluff. But that doesn't mean that in a few years uh, some such weapon w- won't exist. All the more important is that as much as we have differences amongst other uh, uh, these nations, us and China and us and, and Russia, all the more important it is to to find a way to coexist. Because the one thing is clear: neither the Russians nor the Chinese are suicidal maniacs. That. Uh, belongs to that label belongs to the Koreans and and the Iranians. Uh, we need to find a way to sit down and 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 don't uh, uh, deliberately or accidentally blow up the world. So, uh, we were just talking about um, China and North Korea yesterday. China um, uh, announced that it was Kim Jong Un that went to North uh, w- went to China on that old fashioned steam train and. Uh, and they were talking. This is uh, a sign, perhaps, that uh, Donald Trump is pushing Asia into a corner and saying, look, you're going to have to deal with this because we're not going to put up with it anymore. Do you see this as a good thing or a bad thing? It sounds like, you know, a good thing since the Chinese president said that uh, that they that they are committed to denuclearizing Asia. Well, the. I'm not sure why why this would you know would just the the words would make any difference. They could possibly mean it. As I said, they're not they're not suicidal maniacs. The Chinese, the the, the Korean, you don't know what's in this guy's head. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he, he clearly is dependent on China and his, the entire existence of that country. And uh, it, it appears that he also doesn't want to die. Okay, so, <laughs> so you know, this is a weird. So, Jack, let, let me let me go back to um, Russia for just a second. You and I both uh, uh, agree that Russia is a giant threat. Russia sees Putin in particular sees the end of the Cold War um, in a different way than than we see it. He thinks that it is the biggest tragedy of the 20th century is the Soviet Union collapse. Um, Correct. Uh, he is. He is funding or people around him are funding uh, radical groups uh, all around the world. He is infiltrating uh, our press, et cetera, et cetera, and and pushing things out on social media. What should we be doing, Jack? I have only one answer that may not be the may not be the only existing answer but it's a it's a really good answer i believe you're familiar with the magnitsky act yes okay we we need to we need to uh, uh, uh freeze assets of known wrongdoers evildoers because that's what they're most afraid of you know here's the bottom line if if you if you're an autocrat, if, if you are one of the oligarchs, you know you're somewhat on borrowed time. You know, the, the tables might turn, and then, you, then all you have left is your savings. If your savings are blocked, that's not a good thing. You so, know, this, so somebody said, I heard an expert say the other day that this actually may work into Putin's favor because um, he's trying to repatriate all of that cash and bring these oligarchs back into the fold if they're blocked by the West— uh, they have no place to go but home. Yeah, bring it back and stash it as what? As gold or diamonds? You know, I'm I'm not a finance expert. I don't know how that would work. But uh, yeah, yeah, on the world scene, uh, there's a there's a lot of things that that you probably know even more about than I do. Uh, but clearly, uh, if you remember this this uh, Visonetskaya, the 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 the, the, the lawyer that sought an audience and got an audience with the Trump mm-hmm. uh, folks, she was pushing that for sure. So yes. it, it hurt there somehow. Did, did you did you hear, unfortunately, it wasn't covered very well, the, the Browder testimony? Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, Browder, who, who wrote this book, uh, read... Uh, uh, now I forgot the book. He's the... He's the uh, grandson of uh, Earl Browder, who was the head of the Communist Party of the USA, and he made a lot of money in the United States. And he was responsible. Magnitsky was his attorney. He made a lot of money in Russia. Mm. Uh, and, and, and Magnitsky was his attorney who was, who was killed by... He's the, guy, he's the guy who really f- put the Magnitsky Act uh, together. He, uh, that is correct. Yeah, he's been on our show. He's been, yeah, he's great. Okay, so you know him, yes, and, and he's awesome. And I'm, I was, I was really disappointed that he didn't get more play, the, uh, yeah. both the, by the Senate as well as in the media. Uh, Jack, one last question: We got to go. Um, the Americans premiere tonight, kind of the life you uh-huh. led. Uh, how accurate is that from the 1980s Soviet spies? Obviously, I've been asked this question many times, uh, and I changed my answer a little bit. When you look at the scenes, scene by scene, what they depict is 
almost everything could have probably did happen, except not in that concentration by one couple. They are probably a distillation of a thousand different spies. Uh, it's impossible for somebody to kill uh, a bunch of people one week and then smuggle out uh, uh, nerve gas and do all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on top of it, they do some things that uh, that secret undercover agents don't do. They run around with wigs on their head, and, and they have a direct contact with their handler in the country. No, 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 no. Uh, but it's as as realistic as I've seen uh, portrayed in movies or on TV. So the way that they well done. The way that they do, uh, and I think it was Red Sparrow, which I haven't seen, but the way they portray their training um, uh, in Red Sparrow and in this is that what spy college was like over in the old Soviet Union? Not at all. Uh, I I was trained one on one. I'd never met somebody else. Uh, and some of my training was quite inadequate. And you know, picking out people as children and and raising them that way. There's a lot of there's a lot of things around this 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 show that that is fiction. Uh, and but it's the greatest show ever because I was uh, last year I was there on the show as an extra. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jack. God bless you. And, okay. and uh, when do you return back to the United States? Uh, in middle of April. Okay. Good luck over there. And uh, let us know when you come back. I'd love to hear some, some of the tales that you have uh, brought back. Okay. God bless you too, sir. Bye. Jack Barsky, former Soviet spy, author, deep undercover. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.